Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing great. I hope you're having a blessed week. Okay, today we are going to talk about the historical assumption that if the Pisces Sophia was a ceremonial type of tradition, which it certainly seems like it was, because there are different types of prayers and degrees, what would it look like? Thank you very much for joining me, and let's go. Okay, so if we have to imagine what did a ritualistic society of that follow the teachings of the Pista Sophia look like, we don't have to go very far, luckily, because there are some traditions within the Catholic Church that seem to take directly from the Pisti Sophia. Uh, recently, I have an uncle that died from COVID, and some of my aunts and uncles decided to have a prayer of Mysterios. I don't know, you call them mysteries, I guess. And they grab a rosary, and by the rosary, they have an, a cousin that's a priest. And that cousin that was a priest led the Mysterious prayers. And that was a way, in their belief, to try to help my uncle's soul uh, go from a possible outer darkness into the higher mysteries of heaven. This is, sounds exactly like the Pista Sophia, because there are multiple ways to try to get to the higher mysteries or the higher... Uh, treasuries of heaven. The way one gets there is either by somehow finagling light, and second is by having people pray for us to try to 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 get to the higher levels of heaven. And on top of that, there's also a Sephardic uh, Mexican, uh, I guess Mexican American. Uh, tradition that kind of made its way into into the United States and parts of Mexico, but unfortunately it was it was put down. I'm talking about um, the the tradition of Santa Esterica. I don't know what you call them, Virgin of Esterica, which in a way kind of translates to crazy woman. <laughs> but um, they, I think, the Sephardic people were really sly to try to get this through the Catholic Church, fortunately. Because Spain, even though it's not a, it's not a huge country, uh, I've driven it, you know, uh, back and forward without, you know, having to spend that, that, much, that, that much time doing it, like the United States. Uh, there are a lot of towns. And each, each one of these towns has a patron saint or a patron virgin. And so when... Spanish people come into this continent, they can somehow hide their traditions because other Spaniards assume that they're from other parts of Spain. They don't really quite understand it, but it's tolerant because it's kind of Catholic. And so I think that was one of the reasons why it went um, unnoticed for such a long time. But unfortunately, it, it, it became a problem back in the 1960s when a bishop all of a sudden realized that it was kind of a celebration of Purim, and he put a stop to it. Uh, but going back to to the Pista Sophia, 
Now let me clarify. The Peace of Sophia is, is a Christian gospel. It's a Christian gospel that came from the 3rd century, and it was found in 1773. Uh, this was a banned book by the Catholic Church. Uh, it was a, a book that needed to be destroyed, but fortunately it made its way to our present day. And that tradition of reverence uh, of, of Esther also seemed to coincide with the Pistis Sophia. Uh, but but Sephardic um, Jews also seem to kind of like mix it up in, in like many different types of rituals. I want to know more about what happened during these rituals of uh, Santa Esterica. Uh There are many rituals in Mexico that are that are kind of off the wall, to be perfectly honest. Um, one time I was in a town close to Mexico City called Topilejo where boys were riding on the back of flatbeds, but the boys were dressed in female clothes. And they were throwing water at people, and people were throwing water at them. I really didn't quite understand what was going on. Uh, but the tradition, as I asked some of the locals, was that it was a type of cleansing ritual. I don't understand how does it work, but there are all these great rituals in small towns in Mexico. And even in Spain, even in Spain, there's still some rituals. Uh, sometimes some people walk on fire. I don't know why they do that or what is the purpose, but it, they somehow link it to the Catholic beliefs. Uh, and so the concept of a rosary and those type of traditions were able to survive because of either Christians or pseudo-Christians or Jews or crypto-Jews that were basically nomads. They traveled from one place to another. My family was one of those. We you know, traveled from place to place because somehow we were never able to find um, a place where we were accepted or we were normal. My family is uh, peculiar in the way they do things. And so... We are not the only one. Many families in, in Mexico and northern United States and Brazil even too, they have peculiar, peculiar ways of doing things and it just erupts Catholics the wrong way. And it usually comes from Jewish stuff. Uh, but one of those was the, the, the rosary counting thing about the mysteries. Uh, and I don't know if that's actually a Spanish thing, but I know this practice in Mexico a lot. I have seen it um, in in many different towns, many different relatives, and maybe just people that I'm related to. But so a rosary, or even a deck of tarot cards, which in Mexico they're not called tarot, they're called carta española. Once again, trying to rub it into the Spanish thing. <laughs> um that was a way easier way to try to hide one's traditions than having to break down, I don't know, a cabin or a tent and drag it around for miles and miles until you reach the next town. And so that is one of the ways in which these type of traditions were able to survive. Um, it, 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 and so one has to realize... Or ask, uh, I ask, or I have to ask myself: Will these traditions of Pisti Sophia happen in a Masonic temple, or do they happen in a tent, 
or, or, or how do they play out? Now, in, in Mormon temples, we can see if we go to the to the visitor center in Temple Square, we can see that the temple in Temple Square has seats as if the people were going to watch a movie or a play. And if we read the hierarchy, we notice that the Masonic halls have seats along the walls of the of the room. Now, the legend is that Mormon temples had a very similar configuration of seating to Masonic temples, in with addition of partitions. Uh, I've heard that the Kirtland Temple and even the St. George Temple still had those rails on the ceilings from which they hang the partitions. And the partitions were removed and moved uh, when different scenes had happened into place. Characters came in, characters came out, and they tried to change from one landscape to the other. Uh, in Freemasonry, that is not very much the case. In Freemasonry, there is like the journey, but the journey is more symbolical as opposed to actual real landscapes. Or at least in present masonry, there is a part of the third degree in Freemasonry where the the characters do travel a lot. They go from a temple to the wilderness to a tree, and so they seem to be changing scenery scenery a lot. So the use of uh, partitions will really help out during that degree. But I have never heard. In, a, in modern Freemasonry, that any lodge does that. They just conduct everything in one room, maybe for the sake of simplicity. Another thing to, to, to point out is that Freemasonry and a lot of our culture today is very, it has a lot of Victorian influence. It is very solemn, it is very, uh, has a lot of decorum. Uh, but this does not seem to go well with the Pisti Sophia. It seems that the early Christians were a lot more, were more of a lively people. They played drums, they probably other instruments, they danced, they chanted, they sang. And if you notice, it's like a kind of interesting, in flamenco, when the people that sing flamenco, it sounds like the, the intonations of Muslim prayers. So my inclination is that the Sephardic people that somehow might have worshipped Esther or might have worshipped Sophia, they also sang in the same type of intonation where some notes kind of seem to um, kind of go out of pitch, but then they come back back in pitch and these are great singers, but they just kind of sing it that way because of the style in which they sing. And so there are differences. And so we cannot say that the Pisti Sophia ceremonies were conducted the way Masonic ceremonies are conducted today. And it seems that we're a lot more boring. <laughs> we're a lot more boring today than, than, than people were, were back then. And... In, in, in the Pista Sophia and the Book of Jew, uh, light is just used to penetrate these mysteries. 
and it's in, in, if we were to if I were to put money of it on it before people approach a particular treasury, so like people that approach a Masonic hall, there will be some singing involved, and then the ones that singing is involved, then the doors will open. Uh, the watcher or the angel will demand a token and a password and a step and then people will be able to come in or maybe one candidate will be able to come in uh, maybe they're rejoicing with singing or somehow symbolizing a certain type of light uh, there are also archons in the in the Pista Sophia and in the Book of Jew so I'm assuming that there will be opposition much like there is opposition also in, in more in a in Masonic rituals with the swords or with uh, or with the warnings or with the taps and uh, so it seems that there's a lot, there's a lot of similarities um, but and and what if the fr what if the phrase we created man according to our image or character it means also how the archons were created uh, and so in the book of Adam and Eve the, from Nahamari scriptures, the Gnostic scriptures, uh, the Archons want to violate Eve, even though she's already married to Adam. And in such a in such a way, they want to also steal her light. And so this opens an, an interesting, this could potentially open an interesting kind of worm, I mean, a kind of worms, because it may seem that sexuality has a correlation with light in the afterlife. Uh, it was Lucifer at the end that ended up stealing, uh, that ended up violating Eve, uh, and hence stealing her light, that lowered her and Adam into the lower world, which ends up, ends up being this world. Uh, and so this happens, this happens to be the same type of thing that happens to Sophia. Sophia is somehow tricked into giving away her light, and she gives away her light, and she goes into the realms of chaos. And so the drama of the treasuries is a way to pierce with light, to retain light, to gain light, and to try to move forward through the luminaries. And this is the purpose of all those passwords and tokens and approaches, to try to ally the candidate to a treasury, to a safeguard of light, to try to move to the next. And so if we were to kind of summarize that, that is probably why Jesus uh, seems to advocate celibacy. But, but not the type of celibacy that, that is just too restrictive. I mean, Jews and rabbis are encouraged to have sex. It's a, it's a, they consider it a blessing. In fact, a rabbi cannot become a rabbi unless he is a, or at least a respected rabbi, unless he's married and has children, or at least eventually ends up having uh, a wife and children. Otherwise, he still kind of looked like, he has the impression of kind of being an iffy rabbi. Um, and so, if we equate uh, a little bit of celibacy with light, it will kind of make sense as to why celibacy is uh, promoted. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. That is just my guess. Uh, and Freemasonry does, in various ways, uh, seem to relate to Mormon stuff. You have three degrees, and you have three degrees in Masonry. 
and three degrees of glory in in the Mormon temple, but in the Gnostic Gospels, uh, everything's a lot more complicated because there are way many more grades. And there's, um, like I said, prayers, there are songs, there are dances, and there's a position whereas in uh, in the Masonic rituals, there's not that much opposition. And in the Mormon culture, what will be in the Mormon uh, potential rituals, what will be the opposition? Uh, it is not talked about. Uh, temple ceremonies are not talked about or even implied within uh, the Book of Mormon or the or DNC Pearl of Great Price kind of does, but in in a more biblical way. Uh, but the Pistis Sophia and the Book of Jew are very clear. These is the places that they need to get from one place, point A to point B, and this is the way to do it. There are keys, there are passwords. There are things need to that need to be figured out, and I just wanted to point out I point out um, the comparison with these three. Uh, I just found it fascinating, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And you know, if you would like to uh, send me a message, I'll appreciate it. Thank you very much, and have a great one. Bye bye.